piss, 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 Howdy there, Sarah, and welcome back to Endgame Riverdale Podcast, where two sluts and also a third-person review, a sexy, sexy show. I am your first host, the other Miha. I'm your second host, Serial Killer Jean. And I'm your third host, Exasperated No. I, just just to be clear, you could have both been Serial Killer Jean, because there are two genes in this show. <laughs> That's funny. No, it's just me, baby. This episode is such a solid episode of Riverdale. Like, if I you know. were making a top, like, if you were making, like, five episodes to show someone to encompass Riverdale... This I will say could yeah. be on there. I will say this is one of the more Riverdale episodes that this Riverdale is one of, has to This offer. is one of the episodes of Riverdale where as I was watching it, I was like, oh, we've gone places in this show. <laughs> we have truly gone places. It was the, it was actually, I know the exact instant where I was like, this would be a fun episode to show someone. It was when Hermosa just leaned in tight and went, our father needed I- help. <laughs> I remember watching this one and thinking that Riverdale had gone batshit crazy, like for real, for real. I remember I, watching this with Lotmeal and she being like, who's this Who's this weird girl? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know who this person is. And then as soon as she said, our father, just turned to me and said, there's another one? Did you add something to the secret sibling tally? Oh, I haven't yet. That's a good. That's a good point. I'll. I'll. I'll add her. I love that they just. Whenever they're bored, they're like, "Who doesn't have a secret sibling yet?" <laughs> You're so right. That is actually what they. And do. they're like Betty, and they're like, "But what if no?" I was about we, to say we, Jug doesn't have a secret sibling, but he literally does. Oh, he does. What? Charles. Oh shit. I know, right? It's I such a frick never move. ever ever think of Charles and Jug as being connected. <laughs> I don't either. I also kind of love that they were like, yeah, this is your secret brother, Charles. And then they were like, never mind. This guy kind of sucks. So he's an imposter. Wait a second. Hold on a fucking second. Yeah. Last episode, FP and Charles were in the same room. And we got no moment of being like, yeah, you're my fucking kid. That didn't happen. That was just casually. Like, we never get a moment of FP and Charles like speaking. And being especially like, hi, Dad. Especially because they so. say he helps up with the kids. Yeah, they said he helps up with shit. <laughs> wow, Riverdale, you really dropped the ball there. You can remember that he's Jughead's <laughs> brother, but not that he's FP's kid. That's funny. We also don't get, like, Jelly Bean being like, you're Who my brother now. this man? <laughs> or just being like, what? Like, would that not affect your family dynamic? No, that's because she makes. That's why she makes those videos. Yeah, Jellybean finds out she has another brother she doesn't get to see, and she's like, "Oh fuck, I gotta start making creepy videos now." <laughs> well, that's the solution to this. Yeah. Well, the other end of that is that Alice was hiding that it was FP's kid pretty heavily, and so FP might just not know. <laughs> so that's so funny. He's just but like, yes. Jughead knows. Yeah, so- Jughead just never told him. <laughs> There's no fucking way. There's no way. Maybe Jughead assumes FP knows. 
but they how would you assume that like oh yeah my dad and i've never talked about the fact that we i when, have another sibling when would it come up like jughead's on the phone and he's like how's our half brother doing and fp from the other side of the house is like our what <laughs> i swear fp knows though doesn't he speaking of people not knowing that they have another child <laughs> skyland falcon last we left off Sweep, he had just spent the night. Huh? Yeah. Um, it ended with, after a while, I feel myself being placed down gently on my bed. I wake up and grab Sweet Pea's arm as he starts to walk away. Stay, please, I ask, still half asleep. I wake up to arms wrapped around my stomach and Sweet Pea's head nuzzled into my neck. The, f- the hard pivot from this being a Skyland... Jug thick into a Skyland sweet pea thick. Abrupt. Sky pea. <laughs> Sky you mean rain? I'm actually really liking I like when you don't know where they're going, you know? I'm happy with this. I like when it's a ship with a character that I wouldn't have expected anyone to like yeah. think of that. Like, like I would never them. I so didn't... He deserves love. It's now that I see him as an adorable person. I've always, <laughs> I've always seen him as a tough outer shell with many secrets on the inside. He stirs in his sleep before whispering, "Morning, Falk." Fudge, I love his voice in the morning. He sounds to have let his guard down, and that's a rare <laughs> thing to see. <laughs> Sorry, that took me out. Oh, I wasn't prepared for what I was Does it say fudge? Does it? Yes. She went from zero to a hundred. There was no moment where she was like, uh, oh, oh. It went from tough outer shell to, oh, I love his voice in the morning. (laughs) Morning, sweet pea. I reply with a small giggle. Sorry. Ha ha. Morning, sweet pea. (laughs) Morning, sweet pea. Ah, Ha ha. Okay, but also she said that she's never seen without her um, fedora slash flower crown. So is she wearing it to sleep? Does she have like one of those like old timey sleepy hats? No, it's more like it's more like it's it's like a crown of thorns, and that it just digs into her skull. You mean like Jesus? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, if Archie's God, that that's that's fine. Actually, yeah, that lines up. After we both get ready, we get on the back of my motorcycle, parenthesis. His is at his trailer and he has spare clothes in my room because he works night shifts sometimes, parenthesis. You know what? I respect that. That's because this... they didn't want you to think Sweepy was wearing her clothes and her fedora. Yeah, no, I know that that, but like they put thought into it. Yeah. We showed up at school early, so we walked hand in hand to the student lab. Why? Hold on. Hand in hand. Aww. This happened very quickly. <laughs> they haven't even like, kissed. No. No, they have not kissed. They have literally they slept next to each other and now they're like, we're together. But they never talked about being together. No, what happened was no romantic feelings. We slept next to each other and now we are dating. No, they're in love now. <laughs> They've always been in love. Yeah, always. Hey, Arch. Hey, Jug, I say, sitting on the couch. Hey, Lynx, they say in unison. This person loves people saying things in unison. 
Whoever writes this fucking loves that shit. Sweet Pea sits down next to me and I cuddle up to him. Palk, what about Juggy? Sweet Pea whispers in my ear. I may lie from time to time, I whisper back. End of chapter. What does that mean? What that means is that when she told Sweet Pea that Jughead was her crush, it was a lie. Oh my god, and Francisco 49ers Life commented on 420, baby. Commented on She really didn't like him. Maybe Jug knew. Can we just say, to on the day of our Lord, weed, to be reading fan fiction on the internet. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe he was high when reading I'm going to tell you chapter six. No, you're going to read chapter six. Well, the thing right is now. that it's pictures. What? <laughs> it is pictures from San Diego. <laughs> what do you mean, San Diego? It's, it's titled Pictures from San Diego, and it's literally <laughs> pictures of San Diego. <laughs> It's pictures of San Diego. It's pictures of boats. Fuck. Does Chris just like run out of storage space? Most like I don't know. And then at at the bottom of like five pictures, it just says, "Also, I will start writing again." With that, we are over halfway through this fanfic. Oh, oh, I'm so I'm sad. I'm so sad. I'm emotionally attached to it. Undead Again 23 is just taking us through a roller coaster of emotions. I like that. It's a nice little break and intermission. Okay, summary. Veronica tries to get her mom out of jail. Betty and Kevin go to FBI training where Betty discovers some disturbing facts about her past. Jughead discovers information about his grandfather, and Archie becomes a vigilante again. <laughs> Archie becomes a vigilante can be tacked on to like half of the Riverdale. That's episodes. why I said again. <laughs> it opens with Jug narrating as Archie becomes a quote would-be crime fighter unquote, um, saves a lady who's being robbed, and then gets pepper sprayed in the face. Add to the list of Archie injuries, eye problems. <laughs> yeah, the next day is completely fine. Haven't you yeah. ever sprayed yourself? So, what what happened was, <laughs> um, I was playing with my sister's keychain. I was messing around and I accidentally activated it, and then it got into my eyes. That stuff hurts, man. It's almost like it's made to. Like, immediately incapacitate someone. Well, that's actually why mace and pepper spray aren't super helpful, because um, if you spray them, and, like, obviously you're scared, so if you spray it and it's too close to your face, you're also blinded, and then you're both blinded, and it's, like, it's not good. It's not funny. It's actually fucked up. And so it's not that helpful. I get that in, like, real situations, it is very messed up, but... In like an SNL skit format, <laughs> it's just two people both struggling with the fact that they've been maced, <laughs> trying to find a purse. That's funny. <laughs> I'm going to get that. you. <laughs> then we have Betty asks Kevin what his after school plans are, and he says he's going to go cruising. The bathrooms. At Sheets and Royal? The bathroom is often the hangout of the homosexual. (laughs) Have you seen that? (laughs) It's Kevin, baby. Red, white, and royal blue behavior, truly. (laughs) 
How do you cruise bathrooms? Do you just go into one and be like, not it. And then leave and go to a different one? No, you just stand in the corner and go, gay. And they go, nah. And you go, okay, gay? Nah, okay. okay. <laughs> you, you wait inside one of the stalls and whenever anyone opens the door, you go, Psh! Yeah, I proposition you. <laughs> anyway. Then Betty invites him to join the junior FBI class she's going to, so she won't have to be by herself. And then Kevin talks about how hot Charles is. Is it being led by your hot half-brother? Yes. Kevin manages in around four lines to be gay three times. Yes. When he says he's going cruising, when he says that her half-brother is hot, and when he asks if her half-brother is gay. The last of which... Betty answers with, I don't know, despite having gone to the apartment where he was with his boyfriend, Chick, in their shared apartment. You're so right. Uh, well, Charles is way, way older than Kevin. Yeah. Like, <laughs> way older. Yeah. Since, since when has that been a stopping point for Kevin? I don't fucking know. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin uh, hot Riverdale dads to the rescue. Oh You're my so god, right. and he included his own dad. And he included his he own father. Did. I hate that. Anyway. Disgusting. Then we have Jug tells Donna that he's found out the Stonewall Four are real, um, and that there really were four people who disappeared within 30 years from Stonewall. And then Jug says, maybe Marmaduke is the fifth one. And then Donna says, Marmaduke is fine. Look, I've been texting him. Here you go. She fucking roofied his ass. And now he's just like trusting her again. Like, yeah, I've... have you considered no. that it's she's iconic? No, but like, I know it was like no. hazing, but still, don't. Exa- no, I'm exasperatedly saying no. <laughs> she asks him, hey, Jug, what are you doing? And he says the same thing as when you roofied me. He does not trust her. Second, this canonizes something way more important, that Donna and Moose are having a very committed long-distance relationship. I mean, yeah, and, like, she shows them the actual text, so I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, she's lying about that. No, No. that's not what I was saying. I was just saying, why the fuck is he, like, talking to her? Because she came up to him and started talking to him. Yeah, if someone roofied me and came up to me after and started talking to me, I'd be like, fuck off or I'm going to call the cops on you. She's his classmate. He has four classmates. (laughs) And they all suck. This is a television show. (laughs) There are three main characters at Stonewall. Would you like two of them to stop speaking forever? (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) No one is talking about... How Donna is keeping up communication with Moose, and that's kind of cute. Maybe they no, were actually something. No, I think that's something. cute, too. No one talks about the Donna-Moose connection. I know. She's actually, like, making an effort to speak to him. She didn't have to do that. No, she did not. She truly didn't. And this never no comes up her. again. So it's definitely not an ulterior motive. She's just doing this. No, I think that she probably went up to talk to Jughead to show him text between her and moose like she had that ready to go no she had that ready to go because she had been texting moose just before she came in and she has one of those fingerprint ideas so when he was asking for it she just took it out and it automatically opened to the moose conversation because my theory is that donna was playing moose 
but then through the relationship realized that she's actually a lesbian and so then after moose left she was texting moose about the queer experience and that's what these texts are funny i thought we were going down the classic rom-com route of fake dating to real dating and instead you went down like a very different route that is far stranger no, my head cannon. Anyway, why can't why can't be- Donna be by? Because then we would have had to have a scene where she goes, "I like girls and guys." Okay, after a season of her being a lesbian, <laughs> that's what we would need, and that's not what's happening. And so you know, can't... season six, baby. <laughs> anyway, they, they bring Donna back for one episode, and the only thing she does is say, "I like girls." And, and no, we have to see her at the I'm Love Simon at the Love Simon slow. two premiere. She's in the audience. No, she just says an actress. Anyway, she, it flashes back and and she comes in and Cheryl's like Anna. No, we need to have a story where she's like, yeah, I actually really like this girl named Heather. Heather, and, and they're like, like Cheryl's Heather, and she's like, yeah, same one. Anyway. <laughs> everyone just uses like some made up heather as a prop no it's a real heather who's just a whore season six she comes back and then she and cheryl watch through love victor together yeah exactly (laughs) anyway anyway then we have chipping um hands out baxter brothers mysteries that he wrote to the class so for background the baxter brothers are like they're the hardy boys yes and they all there's ghost writers and apparently Mr. Chipping was one of them and apparently Jug loves these books even though he's never brought it up ever ever ever. Like what do you want him to be like breaking Archie out of prison and then him be like this reminds me of when the Baxter brothers went to like yes, zombie island. Yes, that would actually make me happy, but he didn't help break Archie out of prison cuz he was rolling fucking dice that did nothing. So it doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> then we find out that Pop has been, been subpoenaed um to go subpedon. to a subpedon what <laughs> and um, to, to go to Hiram's court <laughs> and admit that he doctored the books for Veronica um pop explains that he doesn't want to tell the truth but if he has to swear on a bible then he's gonna tell the truth to which I have some insightful news for you you don't have to swear on the bible that's actually you don't have to do it. You can be like, nah. Like, actually, you legitimately don't have to do that. And that is why. So, and then you can just lie? That. And then it's no, no longer perjury? No, you can pick another thing to swear on. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, like, he says that it's the yeah. Bible. So I'm like, okay, swear on, like. A milkshake. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> swear on, like. A pagan ass book or some sh- like or like the Book of Mormon. It doesn't matter to you. Like it's not your book. Do you think so- I could ask the bailiff to link pinkies so I can say I pinky swear to tell the truth the whole truth? And nothing actually, but the truth? I, if that is the most solemn promise I could make, like actually, if you wanted me to tell the truth, I know. Hey, hey judge. <laughs> but you have to do like the the loop de loop thing. Anyway, this, this is some Judge Judy law. You do like a blood oath. <laughs> I don't want to swear on the book. I just think that that's tacky. A takeout knife. I swear to God. <laughs> um, <laughs> now you go. <laughs> then we have K 
Kevin and Betty at FBI training, which why is F why in Riverdale there's FBI training? Is there FBI training in real life? Is what? How? Can, why is Kevin just in it? They brought that up when Kevin was busy asking if Charles was hot. And then in this scene, it starts with Kevin saying, wow, your brother's hot, which I don't I know. I didn't need like, to say. We get it. We, um, you've spent four whole seasons ex- establishing that his personality trait is being gay. But I understand. did you know in season seven, he's going to go, um, I like guys and girls. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'm not a raging fool on this boat. I'm not a raging fool on Kevin. Anyway, <laughs> Charles is showing like a serial, like three pictures of different men on the screen, and he'll be like, "Which of these men is a serial killer?" And Betty's like on it. She's snapping. She's riffing. She got it in her heart. Like she hears the music. She's like, "It's that guy. It's that guy. It's none of them. I'm a god." Uh, and it's very weird. This is essentially they give her the ability to detect who is a serial killer by looking at their face alone. Despite, (laughs) mind you, her not recognizing her father or Penelope. I literally (laughs) wrote down, wow, Betty, this would have been helpful when the killer was your fucking dad. (laughs) But okay. And like the only thing we had to go on was his eyes. It's not her fault he wore contacts when he murdered. (laughs) And like changed, like drew on his eyebrow. <laughs> then um, you find out that each killer Betty identified had the serial killer genes just like Betty. I love that Charles is trying to give like a demonstration and show three people and explain how this one is the serial killer. And Betty's just like, it's that guy, it's that guy, that guy, that ruining it for the class. Yeah, it's so funny to me. Mind you, even if I had this like ability. If I saw three people and I was like, I don't think any of them did it. I just wouldn't raise my hand. I know. I would never confidently claim that no one did it. Then we have Jug at Stonewall. um, And Brett is like, turn off the light. I hate you. So Jug reads under the covers with a flashlight. And I used to read under the covers with the light of my DS. I would just play the DS. (laughs) I did that too. (laughs) I was a fiend. And anyway. Also... I just realized that he and Brett are roommates. Yeah. I would keep putting silver spoons in his mouth while he sleeps. <laughs> and then he wakes up with it every single day. <laughs> Never mind that slaps. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> just waking up in the morning. Jogging. Come on. <laughs> It's always um, a new silver like spoon. Or like poor caviar in his ear or something. He's He gets to a point where he just has like a hundred <laughs> of them. And he's like, what am I even supposed to do with this one? <laughs> Pretty funny. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Endgame Book Club, the podcast inside a podcast where we have been reading through Riverdale, The Day Before by Michael Osto. Last we left off, Veronica was being pretentious. It's time to find out if Archie's an early bird or a night owl. I never thought of myself as a complicated guy. <laughs> what you see is what you get. Small That's town. So <laughs> it is. <laughs> Except for when he's wearing a mask, and then what you don't see is what you get. <laughs> Summers were always the same. 
Long days swimming in Sweetwater River with Betty. Movies at the Twilight with Jughead at night. Extra long frisbee tosses with Vegas. (laughs) He winds up. (laughs) (laughs) Extra long. What what constitutes extra long? I think just for extra long periods of time because there's so much free time. (laughs) That makes sense. Oh, you just actually didn't think of that? Oh. (laughs) I was imagining him like getting ready like discus and just... (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Like doing a full like spin before he throws it. (laughs) And then Vegas running and him just lying down and taking a nap while he waits for (laughs) Vegas to find it. I was imagining like Avatar the Last Airbender type moves for that spin. That's funny. But things change, I guess, even in a small town like Riverdale where you think nothing ever does. And I should know, because Mom left two years ago. She hasn't come back. Oh, trauma dumping. So Archie's mom left two years ago, but Jug's mom... Jughead's was like last week. That's so weird. I think they switched those. Yeah. Yeah, because I could so see Archie's mom having left the summer before. That was hard enough. And this summer, things are weird. Betty's off in L.A., which is so great for her. When I was little, I liked to play What If. What if I'm still awake when Mom comes upstairs? She read me an extra bedtime story. What if I enter Vegas in that dog show? That was Betty's suggestion, but he threw up on the judges, so no prizes for us. But on the flip side, what if Dad didn't have me around this summer to help with his business? He pretended he was just making work for me, doing me a favor, letting me pour concrete and stuff, but I know better. Having me around means one extra pair of hands, one less salary to scrounge up. The benefits of child labor. Archie <laughs> Andrews. That's what I was thinking. I was like, you didn't get any money? He gets paid an extra long frisbee throws. Fred <laughs> <laughs> is just like, go and fetch. And then just takes And then Archie out. runs and then he drives it. <laughs> Ending like loop of them playing fetch. Like, what if dad hadn't decided to clean out the garage that first week of the summer? So there we were on a hazy June afternoon, my arms, neck, back burning from a 10 hour shift. My neck, my My back burning from a 10 hour shift. (laughs) (laughs) You know what they say, Arch, he said, pulling a sagging cardboard box from the corner. One man's trash is another man's Soviet era melon baller. I shook my head at what he was holding up. Better throw that in the keep pile. What? He was hopeless, so I had to jump in. Don't be crazy. I'll start a pile for the Salvation Army. After 10 hours, you don't have a donate pile? (laughs) This sucks. I grabbed the melon baller out of his hands before he could argue, even though my shoulders twinged with every move. It's a melon baller. Like, it weighs, what, 10 grams? Archie's argument was like, I'm not muscly, so I'm sore. Muscly people can be sore. One terrified stuffed clown that was definitely haunted, and three stacks of musty comic books, those I kept, later. And there it was, staring at me from the bottom of a box. A A jalopy. No, not (laughs) I thought (laughs) I figured there was a no. There, at the bottom of the box, at the garage, a whole shit. car. And so they wanted to clean it out, and then they found the jalepi underneath all the stuff, and it would be a really In cute a moment. Box? No, I didn't hear a box. I thought it would be a cute moment between Fred and Archie when he was like, "We could fix this up together, son." But then that's not what happened, and I feel stupid anyway. Hey, 
for a second, I thought dad was responding to me. Like he was upset that I'd even brought it up or something. When I looked over, now here's something worth hanging on to. My old Stratocaster. Whoa. Even I knew a vintage piece when I saw it. That's sick, dad. The good sick, I mean. Can I try it? Suddenly there was nothing I wanted more. I played well enough, but never outside my own bedroom. You could call it stage fright, but a part of me wondered, was I just waiting for my inspiration? Are you saying your inspiration is a pedophile that assaulted you? Earth to Archie! What's going on in there? Huh? I blinked. The sun was coming up, lighting up Miss Grundy's, Geraldine's uh. picture window. Uh. Your hair glowing in the sunlight. Hmm. Maybe that was a song lyric? I couldn't stop thinking in lyrics around her. She just had that effect on me. Ew! I couldn't stop thinking in lyrics around It was just a a phrase. And it's it's a cliche. God, I was a character from a cheesy love song. Oh, sorry. I guess I was just thinking. Must have been I was some... a character from a cheesy love song. She was a pedophile. Uh, Together. <laughs> Could I make it any more obvious? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm shocked that they found someone willing to write this and like Archie's <laughs> deeply in love. Honestly. There was a part of me that will always think it was fate running into her that day. Ew. She was hey. stalking you. Hey. It's not fate. Because hey. suddenly I had a person to talk to about the guitar. Jughead hates guitars. If I it forget- was actually fate that he kept coming in through my window into my room. <laughs> and watching me sleep. That he was hiding in the bushes. <laughs> I actually hate this so much. This is so it bad. It seems like fate oh that he God. had glittery skin. <laughs> this is the skin of a killer, Bella. When I played for her, she smiled at me and everything made sense. You have potential, Archie. She told me. Have you considered private lessons? We both knew what she was really asking. Ew! And we both knew the answer to that. Ew. Yes. Ew. She was a teacher after all. It was probably even illegal, even though it was what we both wanted. Oh my god! Who wrote this? What's his name? Sorry. Michael Osto. Count hey, your fucking hey, days, hey, my hey, guy. Mike? What Mike, the shit? Buddy? No. That is no. such... I... A text exchange. Archie. Found tent. No. Buried in the garage. All set. Geraldine. Can't wait. Meet here after dinner. We'll head to the uh. woods. Archie. Why palm tree? What? Why, it just says why in an, a palm tree emoji? Mm-hmm. I, will, I will show it to you. No, it's saying why the woods. And then she just has this heart face. Why woods? I but there's hate no that question it's a delete mark. thread at the bottom. Yeah, this delete is- thread, delete thread, yes. It says ew, delete thread why. Ew, ew, Mike, ew, ew, ew. Mike, buddy, I think you need to like talk to someone and address some things. You tree? You, you, you palm, you, you know it. Anyway, that's the end of chapter four. That was Mike. absolutely disgusting. Mike, 
girly pop get a therapist i hate that he had the opportunity to write and be like yeah this is like somebody who's being groomed and this is their mindset right now and then we but it's not all right but instead he was like i can't believe the law would outlaw our love then we have chipping brings in the first baxter writer to meet the group jug trauma dumps i know i love it he's there for two seconds and he's like so my whole life like body um and that's faster than me after one drink it's revealed that a new ghostwriter for the baxter brothers novels is needed and everyone's going to be competing for the position because it has to be a stonewall kid um we have betty goes to a doctor to confirm that she does have the serial killer genes and she's like, so I don't have the jeans, Kevin, even though she does. She's lying. <gasps> then uh, we have a scene where Betty sees Dark Betty talking to her. And Dark Betty tells Normal Betty that Betty drowned Caramel, which yes. is the second mention that saying Betty has drowned this cat. That's what happened for sure. Definitely. Then Jug looking at old yearbooks. And then he asks Mr. DuPont, who is the ghostwriter man, if he knew Forsyth number one. And Mr. DuPont is like, I did know him and he was a great writer. What happened to him? And Jug's like, I don't fucking know, bro. And then (laughs) DuPont is like, invite your dad to the wine mixer. And Jug's like, okie dokie. I think this is very cool storytelling. That they have Francis Dupont be like, is your grandfather still writing? Yeah. Do you know, do you know where he is? Yeah. Like as soon as possible, as like that connection is made. So like on rewatch, it is actually like a like for, it's actually like something that's added where you can be like, oh, Mister Dupont had this plan and he's been trying to find this dude. Yeah. They actually made a plot. I, just, I actually really enjoy all the stuff with FP Jug and Forsyth number one in this episode. I think it's really good. I think it's just really well done. Yeah, like, I do too. We have a Betty flashback. Okay. You see young Betty in front of her house. There's a cat yowling in pain. She takes a giant rock and she smashes the cat's head in. The cat was drowned. We just established that not five minutes ago. We established the cat was drowned. Uh-huh. So is this a different cat? No, is the it same the cat. same? Why does she think it was drowned this is if Karima. it was not? No, no, because it wasn't her thing. It was Polly said it was drowned. But okay, if the Riverdale writers didn't want it to be drowned, fine. Don't put the scene where you say it was drowned in this episode. No, yes. I'm so- Tired. But it's that fine. Is, we we like get that. what was happening. Betty killed the cat with a rock. That's definitely this leads what happened. me to believe that nobody watched this whole episode through before they just aired it. <laughs> oh no! Like not. honestly and truly, like, nobody watched go. it. But uh, the story won't change from here. Betty had a rock and she killed her cat in cold blood. No, Betty hit the cat with a rock. It didn't die. And then she threw it in a bag into the sea. <laughs> into the sea? You're so That's, right. Took him down to Sweetwater River. Ocean. Then we have Jug asks FP about his grandpa. Um, and FP gets really defensive and is like, I don't want to go to the meeting with you. Um, and he starts venting about his dad and is like, that guy sucked. And like, I want you to have a good time at Stonewall. 
and be successful based on you. And I just don't think this is a good thing to bring up. And he was a horrible dad to me. And that's why you don't see him. However, he does say that if he went, he would probably have to wear a tie and a blazer. Yeah. But he is wearing a tie. Like <laughs> yeah, but not a blazer, of... baby. <laughs> he draws the line at blazers. I think that the FP Jug stuff and his grandpa stuff is really well done. I think that Cole Sprouse in the scene, like, acts like you would if you were bringing up something kind of weird your family doesn't talk about. Where he's like, what about this? And his dad's like, I don't want to talk about that. I don't like it. He was a bad dad. Like, and... I it's I think it's good and I think it's good for FP to be like me saying he was a bad dad should be enough for you to like drop this yeah and I also understand why that's not enough for Jug to drop it I just think it's a good scene I just think that this this overall plot line is good it really is and I have more to say about it in a minute like somehow somehow they don't screw this up no. Like, this feels, like, so ripe for a screw-up, but they managed to keep it pretty grounded through the whole thing. Yeah, and this scene is just, like, I, I like obviously FP's upset and doesn't want to go to the mixer thing, and it's because his dad was bad, and he doesn't want to think about that. And then you kind of realize that it must be hard for him to send Jug to Stonewall and, like, live with that, that he knows his dad went there, too, but he's, like, doing it because he loves Jug so much that he wants him to have those opportunities. And I'm like, wow, FP... I love you so much. Like, wow. Riverdale has accidentally created a three-dimensional character. I know. Like, and yeah, I do think... truly accidentally. I do think a lot of that has to do with Ski Ulrich and the way he he plays. He's a good actor. Yes. And he played the character really well. I think part of that is this is the first season that I think it was planned all the way through. Yeah. Like, I think... Well, then we have Veronica meets with Governor Dooley and is like, I'm blackmailing you again. Hee hee. <laughs> I'm so cute and quirky. Uh, and they mentioned the quarantine. The guy's like, how many times are you going to blackmail me with this? I'm getting sick of it. And she's like, I won't do it again after this. I'll put it in writing. <laughs> she's going to put in writing. I will no longer blackmail you. Yeah. Signed, Veronica. I don't know my last name yet. <laughs> Well, it's also really incriminating because, like, in case that's Alfred, the point. In case the Riverdale writers forgot, blackmail is kind of not legal. The point of her putting uh, it is in it writing to blackmail someone. Yes. the The point of her putting it in writing is so that if she ever comes to Governor Dooley trying to blackmail her again, he has dirt on her. You're right? so smart. So that if she tries to blackmail him again, he now has in writing that he can go to the government and be like, "Look." She said that she was blackmailing me. And then she gets arrested. But then he still gets arrested. It's mutual destruction. Ah, okay. That's that's the point of her putting it in writing. You know what? That actually does kind of make sense. Um, then we have... They, there's a winking murder game at whoa, Stonewall. Whoa, 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 which is whoa, whoa, where um, everyone gets a little note. And if it says murderer on it, you have to go around the room and wink at people. And whoever you wink at dies five seconds later. Yeah. And everyone has to try to figure out who it is as you kill people. And it's so fun and nice. And Jughead is the killer. And yeah. he kills Donna first. And she's like, oh, okay. I guess you'll have to go away because I have to die now, right? And it's so funny. And then she falls down and goes, <gasps> and like gasps. And I'm like, Donna, I love you. And then everyone goes, Clap, 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 clap. Everybody clapped. Good time, good time. I love this interaction between Jug and Donna. It was really She's, good. The, it's good. Like, the, and I unironically adore the fact that they put the blom sound effect over him winking. <laughs> Whoever did that, 
funniest person on the set. No, I love it because the only person who talked to Donna the entire game was Jughead Jones. And he, then she dies and everyone's like, I don't know who did that. (laughs) Funny. So funny. Intentionally funny. What a fun scene. I love this scene. Um, then we skip. So everyone has been killed. And then he winks at Brett. And then Brett like is like, Jug's the killer. And Jug's like, I just fucking winked at you. And Brett's like, no, I knew beforehand. Which he did. That is true. But still. Well, sure and he then, knew beforehand because he was the only person yeah, left I, alive. No, no, no. I mean, there's a part after Jug winks at Donna where Brett is staring at Jug. Oh, really? Yes. Did you not see that? No, I that's interesting, that. though. So this scene is he winks at Donna. Donna dies. It cuts to Brett staring at Jughead. Like he knows that That's it's just so interesting. Um, so this scene when he's like, no, I knew it was you though, but he didn't want to be wrong and seem stupid. So he didn't say shit. And so he's like, but I knew it was you the whole time. I knew it from the beginning. And Jug's like, no, you didn't. You just know because I winked at you. And Brett genuinely did know it was Jughead the whole time. And then the teacher still sides with Jug. This episode he, of rules. Isn't that cool? Isn't that a cool little thing? They actually did something. That's so I cool. Know. Even Donna, she doesn't believe him. I'm like, that sucks. Your homies, like your friends out here, they're not believing anything you say. Donna and Brett aren't homies yet. She's she's too busy with Moose. Moose is her number one priority. (laughs) You mean Marmaduke? The Marm? No, he's back to Moose, baby. He's back to his God-given, Lord-given legal (laughs) name. At FBI training, um, they look at pictures of diaries that serial killers wrote and then betty goes home and looks at her own diary to be clear this scene goes these serial killers all had something mementos journals diaries and at the word diaries the camera slow zooms into betty as she has the startling realization oh god i had a diary i love that (laughs) i think that's so funny and i love that she goes home and reads her diary and I can so see, like, I can see it. Like, I can see, like, knowing she has the genes and being like, I'm not a serial killer, though. And, like, knowing that. And then being, like, that little thing being like, no, that's it. Like, that's, that's it, it for me. Like, she was, like, on the edge anyway, and that just sent her over. I love it. Then Betty tells Kevin that she does have the genes that she just lied about. So it doesn't matter that she lied at all. So yeah, I'm sure. Um, and then she tells Kevin that she murdered Caramel. Okay. And the story changes yet again. Yes. For Why? For the third time. Now, Caramel was hit by a car, <laughs> was launched into their yard, where she was then screaming in pain, where Betty just went out and stared at the cat. Yeah, screaming. And then her father came out preloaded with a rock. <laughs> <laughs> and then gave it to her. He was the one who hit the cat to kill the cat. Also, this is the fourth change. It was like it was caramel ran away. Caramel, caramel drowned. was drowned. Caramel got was killed by me with a rock. Caramel was hit by a car, and my dad forced me to kill her after she was already dying. And I want you to know, Sarah, I have no idea which one of those actually happened. Me neither. Uh... But like. The only thing I can think of, like, if this, tr- if they truly didn't make a mistake, it may just be to confuse you about what's true. Because I think, because the her lying and then now telling the truth has no effect, but it does have an effect if she lied to Kevin before 
because we're getting her story she just she's telling uh, kevin the story she's telling kevin is the cat got hit by a car oh, no. my dad forced me to kill it with a rock but the real story might be i just murdered my cat i i literally hadn't even considered that she was lying about this story to kevin yeah i hadn't which i that. think might be the truth because kevin's response is it's not your fault your dad made you do that but betty is like yes it is my fault and she just killed the cat yeah what an like what another what an interesting thing to put into your episode. This wow. one isn't done as well because I wish they had been more clear that we're not sure which story happened. I mean, other than the fact that none of us are clear which story happened. Yeah, but like I I don't know if they did that on purpose though. I I, I think no think that they, interpretation I think they did on purpose. No, I think they might have because and I wouldn't say that if she hadn't lied to Kevin earlier. But them putting the flashback where she says that they drowned the cat is not necessary. I think your interpretation is what they were going for. And I think yeah. Betty killed this cat. I'm in the mind of the Riverdale writers. I think it's a really good I am Roberto. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's what they intended. I think that's probably what they were trying to do. And I say that because Riverdale aims for the stars. They don't get there very often. But I can see where they're going most of the time. I think they were trying to get to that. Anyway, then Jug tells FP... That he's gonna leave Stonewall because of Brett. And FP is like, no, you're fucking not. You're staying there. And Brett is just trying to scare you into leaving. Um, and Jug is like, but I don't want to be there. And FP is like, Jug, the Baxter Brothers books are from your grandpa. They were a gift from your grandpa. I didn't want to tell you that because he wasn't a good dad to me. But he did send you these books. And I think this plot line is so well done. It has FP being like, I don't forgive my dad. And he was abusive and he sucks. And it also has FP being like, I cut off my family. And so like, I gave you my name, like it's my name too. And I gave it to you and I want you to do better with it. And that is so sweet. So, it's so cool. I like that. Like to be like, well, why did you give me an abusive guy's name? And to be like, because it's a name that I want someone to do a good thing with. And I think you can do that. And then you know what? Jug definitely fulfills this legacy. <laughs> Isn't that such a... Like, I think that's a really good portrayal of bad parents. And then like, Jellybean's and think, like, why did you name me Jellybean? And FP's like, I really think they're <laughs> me. <laughs> it was your mom's mom's name. Um, <laughs> I think that it's there's something to be said about people who have horrible parents that they're not even in contact with anymore, but pass down things from them because they still want their kids to have a tradition, like a family tradition, and they're never gonna get it from their grandparents directly. And I respect I respect him telling him that the books were from his grandfather. Yeah, because he's like, you deserve to know that, but that doesn't excuse that he was a bad dad to me. Then Betty tells Charles that she has the serial killer genes and should drop out of the program. And he's like, I also have the serial killer dreams, dream, genes. That's why I'm in the FBI. I don't know. It does Charles really have the genes? I don't remember. Well, I mean, he is a serial killer. Yeah, but does he? We've established not all serial killers have the genes, though. <laughs> this is the part of the episode that I'm like, this is kind of weird. Yeah. Betty is not on like a course, like a predetermined life course, right? The whole thing about like she's supposed to be questioning herself and then she's supposed to find comfort in Charles. Yeah. And like, She's supposed to use that to like re her life. Them later 
saying that making Charles also just like a really deranged serial killer. Yeah. Him having the genes now only like furthers the idea yeah. that he's on a predetermined life course. Like if she put all this faith in Charles because he also has them and he turned out to be a serial killer. I want scenes with Betty being like, oh my God, something's going to happen to me and I have no control over it. Like that changes, that would change yeah. everything. Yeah. That, like this was the last person that she was holding hope in. I would love that if she was like, I'm just going to become them. Like that's what's going to happen. And Sarah, by the time we get to the pincushion man, we will have forgotten about this conversation. <laughs> I know. I hate that the jeans, we have every character who has the genes turns into a deranged serial killer and then Betty has them and it's supposed to be this big important thing because oh my god what's going to happen she has them and then nothing ever happens it doesn't matter that she has them don't worry about it 10 out of 10 storytelling then we have secret sibling time Veronica meets her sister Hermosa and Hermosa's like oh I work in private investigation Hiram Lodge hired me. And Veronica's like, whatever he paid, I'll pay double. Like Triple, oh. she says. Triple? Oh, that's cute. But I wasn't getting paid. You see, our father needed help. Our father, who art in heaven, Miha be his name. His kingdom come, his earth be done, on Sodale as it is in Riverdale. <laughs> Um, so that's stupid. Uh, <laughs> and I wrote down, how did she even get into Le Bon That's true. She knows Stonewall. What the, What do you mean? <laughs> I think now that Stonewall was like the name, like they were supposed to say the name of Stonewall Prep. I refuse to let you retcon their weird gay thing <laughs> away from Rip, Kevin. Jug reads um, a Baxter book that his grandpa gave him and he finds a secret note in it. And the secret note's nice. I know. That's the thing. I don't think this episode tries to redeem and be like the, no. his grandpa. Like he does. They don't try to be like the grandpa's a good person. No, they're never like the grandpa's yeah. a good person. But they are like the grandpa was a horrible, abusive dad to FP, and also is a person that is trying to reach out to their grandkid. And I think that it works because we've seen FP almost get to that point before yeah and we like we love fp but we've seen it and we've seen him start to not be okay and have to like think like he's not naturally a good dad and you can see and so his grandpa junkhead's grandpa being like yeah i couldn't do i just couldn't be a good dad like i'm a really i was really bad at it and i i wanted to be a good grandpa to you but i understand i don't get to do that it's just like yeah I also think that, like, just as from, like, a storytelling perspective, starting the episode with Jughead getting out this box of books and then ending it with him reading something from his grandpa within the books from the beginning of the episode, it's just a really good way of telling that story, like, yeah. just as a, a motif and storytelling element. And it would be bad if FP hadn't made it clear that his dad is not good. Yeah. But also, like, gave consent for Jughead to kind of, like, figure out things about him. Like, he's respecting that Jughead is curious about his grandpa. Anyway, I love that. Um, then Archie threatens Dodger, and then Batman's away. 
This scene slaps because every time Batman does it, it's because he has a billion gadgets so he can disappear. But when Archie does it, it's because there's a bush right next to him. And you oh, have yeah. to assume He's the man jumped in a away. bush. When we say Batman's away, we mean he talks to Dodger and threatens him. Dodger turns around to get and then Archie's gone. Like half a second later. Yeah. Mind you, this is like a straight alley. There's I no know. like corner. You could have I eat into. that shit up. I love that. I love that in Batman, even when it doesn't make sense. And it's like, there's no way he's not there anymore. Because like when Batman drops down, you hear like the whoosh. Like that's a thing. Like you're like, ooh, he's behind him. He doesn't whoosh when he goes away, though. He's like silent. I love that shit. I gobble it up. When Archie disappeared, <laughs> I was like, yes, yes. I love it. It's like, such a good trope. I love it. Then... Um, we find out that the theme of the Baxter competition is the perfect murder. And Jug, I fucking love this scene so much. Everyone is, okay, the teacher is like, if who wants to enter, raise your hand. Everyone raises their hand except for Jughead. He turns to Jughead and goes, you don't want to enter? And Jughead goes, no, I'm going to enter. I'm going to win. And I'm going by Forsyth now. And I'm like, yes. I, it's, it's, it's delicious. I it's gobble it up. So good. It's such a good scene. I, oh I, I like love him. <laughs> Just the, no, I'm interested. No, yeah. I'm in. I Kills love that it. he, he was like, this is my moment. I'm not raising my hand. I'm giving a speech. Like I, you're all it's going my time. down. And he's not even like mean about it. He's just like, oh yeah, I'm going to win. Uh, uh. And I'm going by Forsyth. And you know why that's great? Because Brett, if you remember, when Jughead was like, I'm Jughead, he was like, no, I'm going to call you Forsyth just to be a dick. And now Jughead's like, no, I like that, actually. That's my name. Isn't that, like, that's just like a little dig at Brett. Like, just a little one. The reason this episode's getting a high mark for me is because Mr. Honey is absent as hell. <laughs> you know who else is absent as hell? Cheryl. I don't want her in this. That's so sad. This could be improved by some Julian nonsense, though. If Julian <laughs> was here, 10 out of 10 episode. I'm giving it 8 out of 10 secret siblings. I'm giving it number out of 10 arbitrary units because I'm really tired. I'm giving this 9 out of 10 quarantine blackmails. Yeah. This episode unironically slaps. This episode is kind of delicious. I like, love this if you put if you put this episode in like another TV show, it would still be fine. I honestly think it's just good because it has plot and it's so rare <laughs> that we get like You're describing why I like season four, despite no, the fact that you season hate season four. I like this episode, but I'm I don't like Mr. DuPont scheming like to find Forsyth before like before you even know, like, you know, the reveal that Mr. DuPont's looking for Jug's grandpa is like 10 episodes from now. I don't watch Riverdale to put little puzzle pieces together in my brain, okay? It's a mystery show. Redacted. No, you know Sorry. what? Right? Sorry. <laughs> you know what? I got so, like, into 
I like my mystery shows to not make a fucking sense and for them to just be like gargoyle king oh the dice connect to the things in the town oh Hiram's the king oh this guy's the king oh anal guy oh 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 my gosh so much is happening that's what I want for my tv show I loved it like I'm the gar- griffin queen now. I think if you were judging every single Riverdale season and you were like, which is the objectively the best? Season four is the objective best. No, it would be one. It's one. I think one is hurt too bad by the fact that it has awful societal implications. No, it really does. Season four doesn't. I, if season, I'm not kidding about this. If Donna was just gay, even like, a little bit canonically that this this would me. be my favorite season but they don't actually that's not true it would still be like i know season seven is going to be my favorite like in my heart <laughs> of heart. <laughs> thank you sarah so much for listening i have been the other miha i have been the serial killer jean and i've been no <laughs> okay get someone to adore you in the bathroom stalls Ew. that was icky Porcelain meets skin. Ugh. That's just pooping. <laughs> Most of the bathroom is porcelain meets skin, I guess. Dipper so goes to Taco Bell. <laughs>